Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. We are in the middle of an interesting time right now that I've heard a few employers and I've read some articles. They are calling it the great resignation. Now, essentially what this means is that there's an influx of people that are just resigning from their positions, right? So it's kind of self-explanatory. But the reason behind it, there are a lot of people that are debating about what the actual reason is. Is it because of this whole pandemic that we've gone through? People have seen, okay, I don't want to work in this place that I'm stuck at. Or maybe they prefer to work from home and some employers are requiring them to come back on site. So there are a plethora of reasons of why people are quitting their jobs. But essentially what this does is it opens up a lot of opportunity for people that were struggling to find work throughout the pandemic or just in general, you know, people that graduated or people that were just stuck in a position where they couldn't find work. And also for people that resigned their jobs, they are now looking for new jobs or they have already been applying for new jobs. So whether you are someone that was struggling to find work and now you're getting hit back by employers or if you're someone that has resigned and you're applying for jobs right now, I thought it'd be pretty relevant and pretty important to go over, you know, tips on how to prepare for an interview. The first thing I want to say is this episode is assuming that you've already passed, you know, the application phase, you've had your phone screen, the rec you spoke to the recruiter, the recruiter liked you, and they pushed you forward for an interview. So that's where we're picking up from. We're assuming you're getting ready for that interview, whether on-site or remote. The first thing you're going to want to do, and this seems simple enough, is ensure you have all of the details for the interview. Details such as, you know, where will you be interviewing? Is this a remote interview? Is it through WebEx, Zoom, et cetera? Are you on site? Where is this located? You need to make sure that email that you receive from the recruiter, it has the location in it. Another thing you wanna make sure to note whether you speak to the recruiter on the phone or if you speak to them through via email is what's the dress code like? Some companies are very casual. If you show up in a suit and tie, it might turn them off and vice versa. Some companies are very business professional. If you show up business casual, they might say this person's not taking it seriously. So it's very uh, beneficial to kind of run that through the recruiter and say, hey, you know, what's the dress code like for this company? Or what do you think, what do you advise as a dress code for this position? How should I dress going into this? You know, it's better to be prepared than to just guess off the top of your head and, and then that be the reason why you didn't get the job. I know it sounds weird, but some employers do nitpick on that. The next thing you want to confirm is who will you be speaking to? Normally in these uh, interview invites, they let you know, hey, you're going to be speaking to Shazad Kayani. He is the hiring manager for this position or he is the HR manager for this position. Just giving you an example. And sometimes the recruiter will go the extra mile and provide you their LinkedIn profile. And this is beneficial too, you know, just to go through, see how long has this person been working there? Have they had growth through the company? What their previous positions look like? I like to read their little summary if they are on LinkedIn, read their little uh, blurb about me, you know, what they studied, what they are passionate about. And it kind of makes you get a little bit more familiar and get prepared for who you're going to be in the room with. Just to piggyback off that point, understanding who you're interviewing with also helps you know, will this be a one-on-one -on -one interview? Are you going to be interviewing multiple people? Um, especially if you're new to interviewing or you haven't interviewed in a while, sometimes it can throw you off your groove if you walk in and they're like, hey, you're going to speak to me, then you can speak to Bob, Jim, Jessica, you know, you're going to be in line. Or you go in and there's five people in the room and you're speaking to them all at once. So it's good to know with the recruiter and confirm that detail, how many people I'm going to be speaking to. And that's not a dumb question or it's not a weird question for the recruiter to answer. So don't feel like you're crossing any boundaries by asking that question. Another thing I like to confirm is, will there be an assessment? Now, I know this sounds weird, but I've been in a lot of positions where I'll go in, I'm not prepared for an assessment, but they'll say, 
hey, so before we begin this interview, I'm going to give you a quick 15-minute assessment. They give me a piece of paper or they'll open a laptop and they'll say, just finish this. We'll be back in 15 minutes and we'll just review your answers and see what happened. So normally for me, I've been going in for HR analytical roles. So the assessment for me would be like an Excel test or if I'm going in for, I have interviewed in the past for recruiting roles, they'll make me work through different schedules, enter in sample responses on how I would respond to candidates in certain situations. So depending on your field, of course, if you're an engineer or a programmer, they might have you do some programming. I actually used to work at an architectural firm and I would bring people in for the interview and I knew they had an assessment to do. It was something called, you know, AutoCAD drawings, computer drawings that they had to do related to the architectural field. I'm not too familiar, but I remember a lot of candidates coming in and being surprised like, and I'd say, hey, the laptop is in there. Take your assessment. The hiring manager will be in in 20 minutes. So you have 20 minutes to complete this assessment. I'd set them up with the laptop and they'd say, hey, I didn't know there was going to be an assessment. And I could see that they were visually a little shaken. Like, wait, what's the assessment on? What, what's going on here? So it's always good to confirm with that recruiter whether there's going to be an assessment, especially if it's going to be a remote interview. If you don't confirm whether there's an assessment or not, which there are assessments for remote interviews as well. When you're on the computer, they might send you a link or they might say, hey, share your screen and open up Excel or whatever the case is. Let's say you chose to take the interview on your mobile cell phone, because let's face it, WebEx, Microsoft Teams, Skype, all these video platform services are on your phone as well. So if you decide to take the interview on your phone and you don't know there's an assessment and then the hiring manager you're speaking to says, okay, so I'm going to send you this assessment. Just, you know, share your screen when you receive it. And you're like, I'm on my phone. So you don't want those situations to arise. It's always best to confirm all those little things with the recruiter before your interview starts or, you know, miles ahead of your interview. Once you've confirmed all of that, the next thing that I like to do when I'm preparing for my interview is to go back over the job description. If you're like me, you didn't just apply for one job. You've probably applied for 10 to 15 to 20 jobs, you know, sometimes even per week. Uh, when I was approaching graduation, I was seeing whatever job I liked and I was applying to it. When you hear back from these companies, it's, they might say, hey, you applied for this HR assistant position. Or if you're an engineer, you know, you applied for the Java developer position. And you're thinking in your head, I applied for 40 developer positions. So it's good to know, okay, the company is, uh, you know, I like to use this as an example all the time in my podcast. The company is Rode, just because that's the equipment I'm using right now. The company is Rode. So go back through your email. Sometimes the recruiter may even send you the job description in the interview details, just so you can refresh your mind. Normally what I like to do at this point, once I have the job description is either print it out and get a highlighter with me and a pen or open it up through Microsoft Word and do some markups onto it. Now, what do I mean by markups? I like to highlight things that I've worked directly on that are in the job description. So let's say, for example, you're going in for a receptionist position, right? That's just a generic sample that I'm giving you right now. And in the job description, one of the duties is, you know, answering phone calls and then directing them to the right person or forwarding calls to the right person. Now, I know if I am going for this position I've, and I've worked as a receptionist in the past that I've done this before. So I like to highlight that, whether whatever color you prefer, blue, yellow, whatever the case is, and go through the job description just like that, comb through it and highlight the things you've worked on because those are things you're going to want to focus on during the interview. You don't want to go in there and avoid those things because then they're going to wonder, you know, why is this person applying for this? We want to know why they feel like they're a good fit for this. So if you've already highlighted that on the job description and you've done that preparation beforehand, when you go in and you're going to, hit those marks, right? You know, I forwarded those calls and I, you know, whatever else you highlighted on the job description, and it's going to look good to the person that you're speaking to. The next thing I like to do in terms of markups is either underline bold or put a star next to something that is something new that I haven't worked on in the past, because that also is something you want to bring up. You don't want to just say, Hey, I think I'm a good position for this role because X, Y, and Z. And then you name things that you worked on, which you highlighted already. 
But you also want to bring up after that, you know, this job is also allowing me to do X, Y, and Z, which is some stuff that I've always wanted to do in my career. And it's exciting to, that I'll be able to work on this stuff and learn new things, something along those lines, because this will show them that, you know, you're interested in growth. You're interested in learning new things. Uh, let's face it. If I'm leaving my job, I don't want to tell the employer like, yeah, I'm leaving my receptionist job because I just want to be a receptionist here and do the same things over and over. You know, they're kind of going to wonder what what are we offering that's different to this person? Um, yes, there's culture and stuff like that. So, yeah, you can prepare that as well. But a lot of times there might be something different in the job description. For me as an HR professional, whenever I'm looking for a new job, I like to see, am I going to be working on new systems? Am I going to be able to work on new projects? I read through the job description. I don't just want a job that is going to let me do things that I've already done a million times before. Yes, I would want to do things that I've done before because that'll show the employer I'm capable of doing this. But I want to learn about immigration. I want to learn about, you know, employment law. So if a job is offering me those things, I'll go in and I'll tell them, hey, I'm really excited to learn about this. I'll be a sponge, continue growing. And then the ball is in their court. You know, they know I can do some of the stuff in the job description and then I'm excited to learn to do the other things. And that's why I like to go in and underline those things as well that, I feel our opportunities to grow. The last thing I like to do in terms of markups is go through the job description and again, circle or whatever symbol you haven't used yet, things that are confusing or that might not make sense or that you want to ask follow-up questions about. You know, some things might be a little ambiguous or unclear and it's good to ask them about that. You're face-to-face -face with the person who probably created that job description. You're face-to-face -face with the person who's probably work closely with the person in that role. So if you have any confusion about the role in the job description, circle those things, prepare yourself before the interview. And then on the interview day, ask them about it. Either ask them about it while you're, you know, telling them why you're a good fit. Say, you know, I saw this thing on the job description. I was a little confused about that. Can you elaborate? Or towards the end of the interview, there's always that very important part where they say, do you have any questions for us? And at that point, you've already had those questions about the job and you can, just kind of, you know, read those questions off to them and say, hey, I was curious about this or this confused me about the job. Can you please clarify or elaborate? And again, it'll show them this person really is interested in this job. You don't want to say, nah, you know, everything's good. I'm cool. At this point, you've ensured you have all the details for the interview and you're ready with that. You've gone through the job description and you've kind of, you know, done all those markups that are that I think would be beneficial to do. The next thing you want to do is go through your own resume and go through your own past experiences and kind of comb through them and see what is relevant and what is not relevant for this position. Sometimes, especially if you're going in for an interview and you haven't interviewed in a long time or you have so much experience that you're looking through pages and pages of, you know, if your resume is pages long, not all of it's going to be relevant. So if they say, hey, tell me about yourself, you don't want to just do the generic thing and go all the way back to position number one and you're on position number eight. Maybe you can do that if you have a great way of summarizing it, but... If positions three, six, and two are the most relevant ones, just spitballing off the top of my head, you want to go through your experiences and refresh yourself on things that you've done, things that are relevant, things that you can bring up when you're speaking to these people. Because they will ask you about your experiences. They will ask you why you're a good fit. The last thing you want to do is seem like you're just rambling on and off and just going on about all your experiences. And they're wondering, you know, let's use the receptionist example again. You're going in for a receptionist position and you're telling them about a position you had in college where you were kind of just, you know, delivering packages to people. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you can relate that to the receptionist job. And I don't know why I'm using receptionist, but you know, I hope you get the point. I'm just giving you an example. That might not be that relevant. And maybe that's not the best example. Maybe you're going in for a developer position and you're talking about the package delivery and just go through and realize, okay, I can take that off. I don't need to bring that up. 
But, okay, I'm going for a receptionist position, this position where I work the front door at a club, where I work the front door at a, you know, whatever position you work the front door at, I was greeting people, I was, you know, directing them in the right location. Uh, it is a little relevant to this position where you're the face of the company, you're the first person that people see. So, yeah, okay, I'll bring this up. So it's good to always just go through your resume and say, okay, this is relevant and this is not relevant, and then just go from there. I cannot stress this enough. Sometimes in an interview, you might think, oh, I'm going to have all the time in the world to get whatever I want to say out there. But some interviews can be very brief. Others are very long. But sometimes you feel like, man, I didn't get enough time to, or I didn't even have the opportunity to get out what I wanted to get out there to the people that I was speaking to. So, again, the last thing you want to do is waste their time. Like When you do get the opportunity and that platform to speak to them, you don't want to talk about things that aren't relevant to what they're looking for because there are going to be other candidates that have it down. You know, <laughs> they have their script down, what they want to say. They know what they want to say, how they want to say it. And they're going to relay their message better than you if you're talking about things that aren't relevant. Going back to something I said earlier, it's very important to know who you're going to be in the room with. Is this the person I'm working directly with? Is this someone that's directly in the department? Is this the hiring manager? Um, is this a person that was in the position that I'm coming in for? Or are they going to be training me? So... Again, if the recruiter has provided you with this information, the next thing that I'd like to do is go look them up on LinkedIn. Find out what they've been doing, how long they've been at the company. And again, you're not necessarily going to walk in and be like, you know, I looked you up on LinkedIn. I know you've been here for eight years and I know you worked at this company before. Or you went to that college. Of course, that's going to come across as creepy and they might just, you know, be like, all right, turn around and get out of here. But it's good for yourself to know. You know, I love going in there knowing, okay, I'm speaking to someone that's been here for 10 years. You know, they know the company in and out. They know the position in and out. I know who I'm talking to. And not necessarily that, you know, if they've only been there for a year that I'm going to look down on them. But it's just good to know who you're in the room with. You know, what they're passionate about. As I said earlier, read their about, about us. Did they study in this field? Um, are they a veteran in this field? What questions can I ask them? It's good to just kind of have that familiarity with the person you're going to be in the room with. Because again, they've probably done that about you. The recruiter has told them about you. The recruiter has given them your resume, probably your LinkedIn profile, a few facts about you. So... They know who you are and they just want to speak to you now to see if you're a good fit. If you go in there blind, you don't know who they are. You know, it's kind of an uneven balance there. You know, the scale is tipped in their favor. So it's good for you to kind of look into this as well. And of course, this should go without saying, look into the company. Find out what the company is doing. You should know this if you're applying for a job there. But if you have no idea what the company does and you're getting called in for an interview, this is a good time to look into the company, find out what they do, learn a few facts about them. Um, just have a general understanding of what the company is doing. The worst thing you want to do is go in there and say, I have no idea what you guys are doing, but I like the job, so I'm here. Uh, they're going to go with someone that knows the company, uh, that has a little bit more skin in the game, that might be passionate about the company over you. One of the last things I like to do when I'm preparing for an interview is, of course, go through sample interview questions. Now, here's a little tip. If you're going in for, let's say, that receptionist position at Road, you can honestly go to Glassdoor or Indeed, and they have... Uh, reviews based on jobs. So you can type in receptionist for road and let's say the location is New Jersey and you look at New Jersey and they might even have people that already wrote out, you know, I interviewed here for this position on X date and you can read through what kind of questions were asked, what they liked about their interview process. They kind of break down the whole interview process for you. If you're lucky, you know, that position might be on there. But even if that exact position for that exact company isn't there, similar positions might be online where you can see how the interview went, sample questions that they asked, just to prepare yourself. And of course, if none of the above is available, you can always just um, Google it in general, you know, interview questions for this position, sample questions. There's also an episode uh, for this Jobs Not Finished podcast that I did about 10 questions that I believe you will be asked on an interview. I not only go over those 10 questions, I also provide kind of sample responses. So if you 
need that help, you know, that video is out there, that podcast episode is out there. There are a plethora of videos out there, you know. You can always just YouTube it as well. But it's a good idea to go through some questions, uh, maybe even print it out, give it to your family, give it to a friend, do some sample face-to-face. They ask you the question, you answer it. Um, just to kind of, again, if you haven't interviewed in a while, it's very easy to kind of get stumped and not get lost in your thoughts. I mean, I get lost in my thoughts all the time. So in an interview, you're in a more pressurized situation. You have nerves, which is normal. But if you haven't practiced, it's going to come across a little bit more rusty than someone who has been practicing. Here are some general tips I would also like to add on. Now, these aren't necessarily across the board uniform for every position, every interview. But this is some stuff that through my interview process, I've picked up on and I was like, you know what, this is very helpful. So I'll share these as well. First, it's always better to be early than it is to be late. Of course, you always hear that rule about be 15 minutes early to the interview. I would even say, honestly, there's no problem with being an hour early, you know, or maybe even more. Of course, not an hour early to the interview. Don't pull up an hour, hour and a half early and go straight upstairs through the elevator, you know, and say, hey, I'm here for my interview. Oh, you're an hour and a half early. Can you just sit down here? No, don't do that. But if you get there early, one, you can look around, you know, realistically, if you get the job, that's going to be your job location for the foreseeable future. Whether you work there six months, a year, six years, you're going to be commuting to that location very frequently, very often. So it's good to, I like to get there, look around. Maybe there's a coffee shop. Maybe there's a place to eat, you know, go in, sit down, look around, see what's available. Do you like the setting? One time I got to the place and it was so dismal and so dark. And I'm like, man, even though I like this company, I can't really see myself being in this position like these people better blow me away throughout the interview or you know i'm not going to take this job so it's good to see the setting honestly to get there early if you only get there 15 minutes early all you're thinking about is you know tunnel vision i'm getting to the area i gotta get to the interview go upstairs you might be sweating and it's always better to get there a little earlier you can look around go into that coffee shop or even if it's a dunkin next door right dunkin donuts just go in there get a coffee or get something to eat sit down calm your nerves go over your notes look around and that'll help you prepare as well. Of course, if you're driving, it's always better to get there early just to make sure you have time for parking. Um, if you're commuting in general and it's not a remote interview, it's best to be earlier just because, you know, the train can run late or you could miss a train or anything can happen. So that whole 15-minute rule, yes, 15 minutes early, get to the interview. But ideally, I like to be around the area, you know, in the vicinity of the location, at least an hour, forty minimum 40 minutes in advance so I can look around and just calm my nerves. I get very nervous for interviews, so I like to go somewhere, as I mentioned, get something to eat, sit down, uh, drink a coffee, and just calm down and say, okay, you know, I'm here, I'm ready, let's get this going. The next tip I would like to give is for remote interviews, right? A lot of people sleep on remote interviews thinking, this is so easy, I'll just roll out of bed 10, 15 minutes beforehand, get dressed, I don't have to worry about a commute, not worry about anything else, I'll just turn on my computer, boom, I'm in the interview, right? Wrong. What I would suggest is at least the night before, minimum the night before, the day of, maybe even earlier, run a test call with your family, with your friends. Make sure your microphone is working. Make sure your camera is working. The last thing you want is you get in, and I'm guilty of this. You know, I had done so many video interviews where I do prepare ahead of time, but there was this one time where they were using a unique platform, and in my head I thought, you know, I've done remote interviews before. I'll log on beforehand and I'll be ready. I clicked on the link. And the link took me to this download page. The download ended up taking five to 10 minutes. So instead of being 15 minutes early, I ended up logging on maybe like two minutes late. And I had to say to them, hey, I apologize. You know, when I clicked on the link, it was telling me to download. And as I was even telling them this, I was like, this reeks of unpreparedness. They're probably thinking this person um, is so lazy. You couldn't download this ahead of time. And, you know, the recruiter even said, you know, test the link beforehand. Guys, if you test the link, the 
person is not going to be in the call. Ideally, if you know it's a WebEx call or a Microsoft Teams call, you can just practice with your friends or your family, say, aside from that link that the recruiter provides you. But let's say, worst case scenario, you have nobody to test with. You can press on that link that the recruiter provided you because it's not like you're going to press on it and boom, the, the company's in there already waiting for you and you're in your t-shirt or whatever, right? No, that's not how it works. Click on it, see where it takes you. Do you have to download anything? Blah, blah, blah. Before you join meeting, there's a button that will most likely say join meeting. So no one's going to be notified that you join until you press that button. So you can go through all the steps up until you press that button and then don't press it. Just make sure you're ready. And again, test your equipment out. I can't stress that enough. Don't be like me where you got cocky and you realize last minute, oh, I had to download a software for this. Or, oh my God, my camera's not working. Oh, hello. You, oh, they can't hear me. My microphone's not working. So it'll just throw you off. And again, some of these remote interviews, people are on tight deadlines. So if you do get there late or if you log on and you have to go through these technical difficulties, you may get on the call 15 minutes late. Now that only gives you 40 minutes for the interview and the hiring manager saying, I have to drop after 40 minutes. So that cuts off precious time that you have to talk to the company. The next general tip is make sure you sleep well the night before. Make sure you eat well in the morning. Don't skip any meals. Don't. I know sometimes you get nervous and you're just, you know what, I can't. I'm just going to stay up all night prepping and you know I'm going to wake up in the morning, get dressed and just head out. Depending on the length of your commute and then depending on, as mentioned earlier, if you find out you're going to be speaking to five, six people or, you know, three people, it may be a long time before you're back home and back relaxing, back comfortable in your environment. So if you're lacking sleep and you've skipped meals, yes, you might be able to pull it off for the first 20, 30 minutes of the interview. But if you're speaking to more than one person, it's going to start getting noticeable where, you know, you're blinking a little bit more or, you know, your stomach's growling and guys, those interview rooms are so silent. They're going to notice it. Everyone's going to hear your stomach growling. You know, it's your worst fear. Don't skip that meal. Don't skip out on sleep. Do the preparation beforehand. And honestly, it's just like working out. You know, you don't want to overtrain, do all these reps and you fatigue yourself. Don't overtrain your brain. Don't overtrain your body. Don't overtrain for this interview. You know, don't stay up all night. Don't skip meals. Get adequate sleep. Get your meals in because you don't want to be in that awkward position where your stomach's growling, you're starting to get sleepy in an interview because it could be the best position of your life. You know, your favorite company, whatever the case is. And then you realize, man, I should have slept or I should have ate. And so make sure you're, presenting your best self. My final general tip is always remember, and I know this is going to sound creepy or weird, the interview starts as soon as you get on site. And I know there's these memes on LinkedIn or you'll see them on social media where they say, oh man, I was there was a dog outside my interview and as I was going in there, uh, the dog needed help, so I helped him up and blah, blah, blah. I got into the room and I go in and the dog was the interviewer, right? And I got the job because of that. Or you hear on the other end, you know, I'm walking in, and there was a garbage bag outside. I didn't pick up the garbage bag. I just kept walking. And when I got into the interview, the interviewer said, you know, I didn't give them the job because they didn't pick up the litter that was outside or whatever the case is. Th those are extreme examples, right? 99% uh, of the time, that's not what happens. But what does happen is, and you've probably experienced this before, as soon as you get into the building, the person saying, you know, how was your commute? Oh man, how are you? You know, how was your weekend? If your interview is on a Monday, you know, how was your weekend? Or as you guys are walking up, so you're not in the room yet. You haven't sat down. You haven't formally started the interview but the interview, trust me, it's begun. They're dissecting your personality. They're seeing how you communicate. So if you're just saying, oh, yeah, cool, commute was good, and you keep walking, no questions, you know, if they just say, you know, how are you doing? I'm good, and you just keep walking, you know, that starts it off on a bad tone. So, again, the interview starts when you get there, so just be ready for that. You you might get a tour. They might already start introducing you to people. Don't just think in your head, you know, all right, ignore all this, ignore all this, prepare for when I sit down into the interview. Um, because 99% of the time, the interview has already begun. Once that person's coming out the door to get you out of the waiting room or to pick you off from downstairs, that awkward conversation you're having in the elevator or on, in route to the interview room, that's part of the interview. So just keep that in mind. And 
you know, ask follow-up questions, ask how their day was, how their weekend is. And again, just be yourself. Um, everyone knows you're going to be nervous for an interview. That's normal. And don't let that get to you. Don't let it get too much into your mind. Just be yourself. Listen, again, if you're being invited for an interview, they've already heard from the recruiter that, hey, this person might be a good fit. They've seen your resume themselves and they're thinking, hey, this person might be a good fit. So you have a lot of things going for you. Just remember, listen, you've done this. You're qualified. You got this. So even if you're nervous, that's normal. Just go in there, keeping all that in mind. And it's a two-way street. They're trying to see if you're a good fit. You need to see if they're a good fit for you. So just put your best self forward. And again, we're in the middle of a great resignation. I never thought I'd see something like this happening. I did an episode of what happened this week, a few weeks ago, and people were saying there is a... Um, you know, a surplus of jobs and not enough people to fill them. So there are a lot of jobs out there. A lot of people are going for interviews. Best of luck to you. And I hope you found some value in this episode. If you would like some more episodes like this or some follow-ups on how to prepare for interviews in general, you know, reach out, let us know. And of course, we have other episodes as well going over interview questions. I hope you find value in those. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you found value in it. And of course, go out and kill that interview and best of luck. I hope you like that job once you get it.